Hello everybody, this is the Jorik Freiter Show and today we have Martijn. This is a podcast about health in general and many were wondering why I invited an MMA coach, MMA fighter, entrepreneur to this podcast. But to me, MMA and entrepreneurship are the perfect metaphor to life. You get literally punched in the face when you don't have your shit together. Martijn de Jong is called Martijn the Specialist de Jong. He is experienced in judo, Dutch kickboxing, judo, wrestling, submission fighting, a sport I don't, I'm not sure if I pronounce it correctly, Kyoku Shikarati has yeah. a black belt in it, <laughs> and Brazilian Jiu-Jitsu black belt at the age of 17. Martijn, welcome to the show, and I would like you to introduce yourself. Hi, Jorik. Uh, thanks for introducing already myself a little bit, but that's uh, more or less it. I'm, I've been obsessed with sports since I was very young. I started when I was, I guess, even like four or five years old, and I started doing swimming three times a week. I really like swimming. From there, I went to when I was, I'm not sure, I think it was eight or nine years old. I started doing BMX. That's something that, that, that was something I really liked because it was very popular at the time. And after that, I started with martial arts when I was 13 years old. I'm 40, 48 years old right now. So that means I've been doing martial arts for 35 years right now. I started with jiu-jitsu, traditional jiu-jitsu, and that's where I got my black belt in when I was 17. Then I started doing Kyokushinkai karate, got my black belt as well, started doing Brazilian jiu-jitsu. Eventually got my black belt a little bit later as well. And uh, like you mentioned, I did all kinds of all kinds of martial arts because back then you didn't have an MMA gym you could go to. Actually, the word MMA didn't even exist back then. So it was either pre-fight, mixed fight, just call it something, but it was not really like a sport. It was more a promotion where you fought together and they just gave it a name. So yeah, I started, I started doing that for a while. I wanted I started to train different martial arts because I wanted to create a system which was completely all-round. Back then, you didn't have all-round systems. So uh, that's why I had to learn jiu-jitsu, judo, karate, kickboxing, muay thai, wrestling, and freestyle, all that kind of stuff, Brazilian jiu-jitsu. And so that's why I traveled the world quite a lot. From there, I started to become, I started to become a fighter. A mix of, before, I was already into grappling competition, jiu-jitsu competition, like from the IJJF. That was like a semi-contact version. Became a, a Dutch champion in karate. was also semi-contact. And after that, I started yeah, fighting professionally. It was There was no amateur, of course, back then. It was just fighting in, in mixed martial arts rules back then. Different rules as well, different rule sets. I, I fought in Japan in 1997. And from there, I, I fought pretty much all over the world. But most of the time, I, I really liked the fights in Japan because of the respect, the different atmosphere, the whole environment was amazing. So from, from fighting, I started training people myself. I started managing people. I started organizing small events because my students wanted to fight as well. And there were not so many events back then. So I started organizing events that led to me creating a few world champions together with a team. One of them was Alistair Overeem. You know, they all came, became multiple times world champions. From there, I started to organize events, the early Ultimate Glory slash Glory shows in 2000. Six, I started with that 2012. We sold that company to, to the glory as it is today. I stayed a couple of years as a consultant there. Went to Then I decided to go a different path. I went to Dubai, Abu Dhabi to set something up there. It didn't really work out. From there, I moved on to Indonesia. My roots are Indonesia. Actually, my father was born there. So I wanted to visit the country. And then I found out that a lot of people were 
interested in martial arts, especially mixed martial arts, but the demand was high, but the supply was not as big and not as good. So I started to do stuff there. I had my own gym there. I trained personal trainers, what I'm still doing today. Beginning of May, I will be there again to teach a few trainers. And all together, I think we trained, my team and I, we trained more than 1,400 personal trainers in that area, Indonesia, Singapore, Malaysia. And then I came back to Holland again because of some reasons. And I met someone who was very big in technology, one of the early, early ones. And we started talking. And uh, eventually we founded a company called Fitar, which is a fit tech or fit, fitness technology company where I'm still active in today. So it's been a, quite some journey. It started with swimming, BMX, then martial arts, still martial arts today. I still have one fighter in the UFC, Marcin Pach, and I'm, I'm still working and the co-founder of a company called Fitar. Yeah. Sorry what for the long introduction. <laughs> no, lovely. It, it's, it's an amazing story already. And what I first want to emphasize on is that you... On an early age, you thought about, I want to create a system. Is that something you naturally do in everything you do? Or where did that come from? Not sure if it was a system, a systematic approach, but more like I wanted to be, I wanted to be the best in all areas. There was one famous martial artist by the name of John Blooming. He recently passed away a few years ago. He was a master in so many different martial arts. And he back then already said, okay, now you are a world champion judo, but can you really fight? Uh, like, yeah, what do you mean? I'm a world champion judo. Yeah, okay, but what, what if somebody punches you in the nose? What, what will happen then? You know? And he was like, yeah, yeah, yeah. But now you're world champion in karate. But can you really fight? Uh, what do you mean, can you really fight? Yeah, can you really fight? Can, if, if somebody grabs you and throws you on the floor? Yeah, even, for example, the baddest guy of all times, Mike Tyson, when you take him down, put him on the floor, what happens? You know? So... I started thinking about that. That was a very in interesting approach. And I was like, yes, we need to be like a master in all different areas of the of the fight game. So that's why I started to think, okay, how should I do that? So I need to go to the best, train with the best in, in wrestling, for example. One of my wrestling coaches was Andy Diego. He was a 13 times world champion, Dutch champion in, in, in Greco-Roman wrestling. The other one was Dries van Leeuw, who is, I don't know, also 12 or 13 or 14 times champion in freestyle, Dutch champion in freestyle wrestling. I went to train with Muay Thai legend Jan Lomo, who was also a three-times world champion in Muay Thai. You know, I wanted to train with the best and then put it all together because I had to, you know. If I wanted to be the best in all-round fighting, as I mentioned, mixed martial arts, the name didn't even exist back then, then I needed to be skilled in all areas and then put it together. So make it your own system because then it was like, okay, even I believe still, if you're a world champion in Muay Thai of kick or kickboxing, a world champion in judo or wrestling, and a world champion in Brazilian Jiu-Jitsu doesn't mean you're a world champion in mixed martial arts because it's different. The stance is different. In Judo, the stance is different than in Muay Thai or in kickboxing. Brazilian Jiu-Jitsu is different if you have a gi on, you know, than MMA where you can also punch and you have no gi. So, of course, it helps you, but still you have to make some adjustments. And that's what I was looking for to, to train with the best, get the best in all areas, and then put it together and made it like, make it like a system that would, would work in, a, in, a, in mixed martial arts. So, yeah. Interesting. And I think that's part of the winner mentality to to gain the knowledge from. I mean, if somebody tells you such an approach and then you act upon it immediately, yeah. I think that says a lot about you. How, how, was, how was the culture back then? I mean, when I look at the UFC right now 
like you said, MMA didn't exist back then. I find it so interesting to hear stories about, you know, Sam Schild from from you. It feels like a really romantic story, but was it really back then? Yeah, I believe there was some romance to it. I mean, like now it's more if you ask a fighter to, so I got to fight for you. And then he's like, okay, he or she is like, okay, when? And who's the opponent? And where is it? And what are the rules? And how much do I get paid? Back then, when somebody offered you a fight, you would say yes. <laughs> and then you're like, okay, where is it? How much do I get? It's all, yeah, it's, it's a different approach. And also, we're like, I always wanted to train. I always wanted to train. I always wanted to get better, you know? Nowadays, you see a lot. What I noticed, of course, back then, you also had it. But ah, if I don't have a fight, I'm not motivated. Yeah. Okay, can you get me a fight? Or can we do this or that? You know, like, they need something to motivate for their own motivation. But there's no motivation coming from them themselves. And I, th that's what I always had. Like, I, I was traveling throughout the whole the whole of Holland, but also throughout the world. I went to Hawaii even to train there with the with the Brazilian Jiu-Jitsu master, a student of Hickson Gracie. I went to Japan. I stayed uh, when I was fighting in Japan. I could stay with my fr at my friend's place and stay there for three weeks. And every morning, every evening, I start training with the different gyms, you know, and just to become better. And I wanted to learn. I wanted to get better. I wanted to train because I liked it, you know. And nowadays, you see, it's a little bit different approach. Not always, not for everyone, but for some of the young kids, I believe. Yeah, and. Yeah, like you, you mentioned Sam Shield. I'm not sure if you if you know, but back then there was, the, the, I think it's pretty much the first big management team and group of fighters coming out of Europe. It was the, the name was called Golden Glory. It started with Gilbert Ivel, and later Sam Shield came on board. Alastair Overeem, Valentin Overeem, Ilonka, Heath Herring, and myself. So that was the first group of people from Golden Glory, and then it started getting bigger, bigger, bigger. So that was kind of that was that was kind of nice. And I look back to that as something that really formed myself as a person, but also the team spirit that our manager really enforced upon us. And together we could grow to big heights. And 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 as you yeah, as some of you know, we had a lot of success in MMA, kickboxing, et cetera, et cetera. So it was was a really it was a really good time. Yeah, it was quite an era. And I think it was important for Dutch combat sports as well. Did you have a lot of mentors? I mean, you, you already named a few, but could you stress the importance of mentorship as well? If you had them, of course. Yeah, mentorship is, is the most important thing in life. Not only in mixed martial arts, not only in business, it's in, in life in general. You know, you need to find the best group of people around you. That's number one. Whatever you do, find the best people around you. Don't be shy. Just go out there and, and just now nowadays it's so easy, you know, just go to Google and type in. Uh, yeah, you can find anyone you want, you know, and just connect with them. Because yeah, like like the famous saying in America is like if you hang around the barbershop long enough, and finally you will get a haircut, you know. So exactly. find the people who are experts in their fields. I did that in in martial arts. I did that in business. I did this in personal growth. You know, just get those people together. Like find somebody who could teach you something, you know. If you're the smartest in the room, what they say, you're, you're in the wrong room. Okay. You need to go out there and, and find people and, and talk to them because those people had mentors as well and they love to give back. You know, they love to put you on. But if you're around people who are doing nothing the whole day and then always talking negative, always see the dark side of things, yeah, just get the hell out of there as soon as you can. 
Yeah, I agree. I agree. Well, that's one reason why I started the podcast because to create mentors for the listener and for myself, of course, it's not a completely unselfish act. <laughs> but when you find such a mentor, do you typically they are more experienced, older than you are, right? Did you find found them right away when when you're looking for Brazilian jiu-jitsu for example or when you started fighting on a professional level how did you find those people it's a journey of course i started with jiu-jitsu traditional jiu-jitsu then i started doing then i thought okay my traditional jiu-jitsu i'm a second degree black belt now by the age of i think it was 18 or 19 i wanted to improve my striking skills because i thought my takedowns and my ground fighting was okay for that time, but I'm lacking my striking skills. So back then it all, it was also kind of a convenience, you know, my, my, my uncle, <clears throat> I call him my uncle, but he's the, he's, he was the best friend of my, uh, of my uncle. And he, he was always around, you know, when I was young and lived a few, a few houses away from me, he was already a, like a, a master in, in, in Kyukushinkai karate. And uh, I really, to one, really wanted to go and train with him. But my father always said, okay, you have to finish something first before you can do something new. So you have to get your black belt in jiu-jitsu first before you move to something else. And I also believe that was a that was a very good and strong lesson for my dad. Because nowadays you see people go from left to right, especially in this, this era right now, when everything goes so fast, you see people moving from left to right and they have no focus. And eventually, if you don't have the focus and determination and, uh, and dedication, then it also will end up nowhere. So he said, okay, finish what you started. So I started with jiu-jitsu and then I found my, my, my karate teacher. And also there, I became black belt before I started doing something else. So from there, I was like, okay, there's a new system now with semi-contact jiu-jitsu competition from the IJJF, where we had striking, takedowns and ground fighting as well. I was like, okay, I want to do some of those competitions. I did one of these competitions. And then I thought, okay, I heard there's a Dutch, the Dutch team, Dutch national, national team was also training. So I asked if I could join, even though I was not in the, in the team and I was in Nieuwegein. I went there by myself and started training with those guys. And I could, I could really give them a hard time, you know? So I went there a couple of times and then I started fighting. Then there was also Ramco Pardue back then. He was the heavyweight Dutch champion. He he just fought in UFC number two. And yeah, I did pretty well against him. And he asked me to come to Oz and train with him. So I lived in Deventer. I, I went on my bike, 20 minutes drive to the to the station in the train, one hour and 20 minutes. From there, walking to the gym, 20 minutes, you know, train one or two hours and then go back to Deventer again, do the same thing. Sometimes I came from Enschede, which is even further away because I was doing my university over there. But that's something I did, you know. It's easy to find mentors and it's easy to find people if you really want who can guide you through the, through the, through the, uh, in, in the right way. But then you have to make sacrifices as well. You have to do stuff for it. You have to be for like me, traveling for, what is it, almost two hours to get there and two hours to get back to train two hours. But you have to sacrifice if you want to become the best. You have to do stuff like that. And sometimes people are like, no, I'm not. I don't want to train there. It's, it's 20 minutes drive. You know, it's like what? <laughs> you know. And even I went to when I left that place, I found a lot of mentors in Japan. So after every fight I was there, I stayed longer. I started training with the with the best Japanese fighters. So my fighting style was is also based more or less on the Japanese way of MMA, mixed martial arts. Very quickly, fast back then. 
I became a man, I became the president of Shuto. Shuto is the the first mixed martial arts professional mixed martial arts organization in the world with a rule set, referees, etc., cetera, etc. Cetera. So I went to Japan. I found a mentor in Brazilian Jiu Jitsu in Hawaii. Okay, I, of course it was a nice holiday for me, but I was there and training twice a day. You know, it's easy to find mentors, but then again, how much effort are you willing to put in to go there every every time and 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 follow them consistently? Yeah, I agree. And what I take out of your story is that you always been very active as well. I think that's one of the main reasons also that you met a lot of mentors almost organically. Yeah. Because you were active, you were being very proactive in what you wanted to achieve. But what, what I also hear in your story is what I find interesting is that you encounter something you might not say not good at, but you could learn more in that not, might have, that might not have been your your best skill at that moment. So that requires self-reflection as well. Mm-hmm. Yeah, for you have sure. to look beside your ego and decide, okay, I want to get better. So I have to look at the things I'm not really good at yet. Yeah. Um, yeah still now after 35 years, there's still a lot I can, I can improve. And the GSP said it very nicely. Every day we're trying to get perfect, perfect. We strive for perfection, although we, ne- we know that we never reach perfection. So we, we, we strive for perfection, but we know we never reach it. But still, we strive for it. We go for it every day, you know. And we find the best guys. In, in for me, in mixed martial arts, I'm still doing some boxing training. I'm looking at some Brazilian jiu-jitsu tapes. I'm looking at the mixed martial art fights, of course, and I'm analyzing it. I try to improve my coaching style, my 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 knowledge of techniques of movement. Even after 35 years, and in business as well, you know. And now I have this company, Fitar, and I'm trying to find the right people around me. The, people who are smarter than me, who are more knowledgeable than me and, and get those people around you so you can develop yourself but your company as well. Exactly. Yeah, I have a lot of respect for that. And what I find interesting in, in that also, and that's why I always refer to, to combat sports in anything is, well, like I said in the beginning, you have to take care of everything, otherwise you will get punched in the face. Yeah. But there's also... I mean, I only did MMA for like a year, so I'm not experienced at all. And I was very bad at it as well, <laughs> but it, it was a good exercise. But the the respect in, in MMA, in combat sports is so huge. And of course, on the big stage, casuals, with all the respect, always look at MMA like, oh, they're punching each other, they're hating each other, they thrash talk, they hurt each other. But I think respect in combat sports is one of the biggest aspects of of it. Do you experience that as well? Yeah, respect is number one. It's one of the things we live by. And you could see those crazy things on stage, people cursing, yelling, pushing each other. But that is just to sell the fight because it's a it's a commercial sport now as well. People want to make money. But by the, but in the end of the day, when the fight is over, you will always see them hug each other. They will always talk to each other, talk to each other with respect. And during a fight, you rarely see somebody doing something illegal on purpose. And if you look at soccer, for example, or any other sport, basketball, ice hockey. Now, ice hockey is hard as well. They don't they don't cheat so much, but water, polo, or whatever, you know, there's also a lot of there's a lot of cheating. In MMA, martial arts, rarely. So there's a, it, the harder the sport is, the more respect people have for the rules and for each other, I believe. Although it might seem different because people are, you know, acting like they're acting. I don't like that, but 
they do that and I understand it because they want to sell fights. They want to make money. I understand that. And I started a little bit with Conor McGregor, of course, you know, <laughs> but, uh, but, but at the end of the day, there's a lot of respect. And especially for the people who are not, well, also there's a, there's a huge group of people who are not professional fighters, but they're training mixed martial arts or martial arts on a regular base. That's the biggest group, of course. And there's a lot of a lot of respect there because that's what we as trainers, teachers, senseis trying to trying to give to our our, our students slash members. Yeah, exactly. Yeah, that's one of the things I really appreciate about the sports, about the culture. It it is more of like a culture than sports almost. Yeah, yeah. It's a way of living. It's exactly. A, it's a way of living, and it shapes yourself. It shaped me as well. Respect discipline dedication hard work hierarchy as well yeah all that it's it's very and and selflessness deal with losses you know in every training you either get punched in the face or taken down or put in an armbar and there's there's a loss and it does something with you we don't like to lose as people you know but we learn how to deal with it and become better people exactly and I think it builds character to be with certain people, to learn from more experienced people. You mentioned taking a loss. How, how did you manage losses? I'm a very sore loser. <laughs> I don't like <laughs> to lose. Really don't like it. Really gets me crazy, you know. But it pushes me to become better. And why did I lose? My, my mother, well, I, was, I was fighting once. I think it was my sixth fight. I, I broke my eye socket. I got a blowout fracture. I kept fighting for another, I don't know, six minutes or something. But after the fight, I had a concussion. I had to go to the hospital. I had to get surgery, stay in the hospital for some time. It was like, it was a blowout fracture. I got punched here and popped here inside my head, you know, and this was like, <laughs> it was kind of a mess. But three days later, when I was home, I was watching with my friends. I was watching the video like this, like, okay, what happened? You know, where did it go wrong? And my mom was looking at me. It's like, are you crazy? You you watching those, those the, the the fight again? You know where you got hurt so bad. You know you just got out of the hospital. Why are you looking at it? You know I said, yeah, I want to know how what what happened. How it can get better. You know? now I'm doing. I'm, it's I've been in the gym for like 35 years. You know, closed gym. Now I found the sports. My dad, my my uncle was a really good baseball player. He's he's been doing this his whole life, and he asked me to come and join one of the, the friends and family trainings. You know, so I did that, and I now since I don't know two three years, I'm doing softball on a recreational base. But also there, I'm obsessed. You know, I I need to learn. I need to learn how the rules, how to throw correctly, how to hit correctly. I want, and if I don't do well in the training, I don't know. It's People always laughing at me, you know. I just <laughs> very very difficult for me to handle because I'm, I'm always striving for perfection, and I always believe, like yeah, I, I was I always believe deep inside myself I can do it. I really think I can do it, and and nobody can tell me that I can't. I really have that strong belief in everything I do. I know I can do it. It's like yeah, no, I can do it, hundred percent. And then I, if somebody else can do it, hundred percent sure I can do it as well. That's that's something in my brain, you know. And also, after a training, for example, if we we do batting training, but if I don't do well by the end of the training, I ask the people, okay, sorry, okay, please throw another ten balls. I want to hit the ball at least a couple of good hits in. I'll get the balls myself all the way in the back, but I need to get it in. Otherwise, you know, it stays with me. So I'm I'm really I have the mentality from okay, I I have losses. I do things wrong. I I it's it's hard to deal for me for, deal with me. For, it's hard to deal with for me, but yeah, I, I, I always try to learn from it. I always try to get better. I'm, I'm, yeah, yeah. 
that's that's something in my brain and that w- that's with everything even if it's with duolingo i'm now just practicing spanish <laughs> duolingo <laughs> if i don't do well i'll get so crazy you no know? and i really have to calm myself down and get better get better get better focus <laughs> get better get stronger come on you can do it you know so that's that's something i have interesting yeah. character trait yeah. were you born with that kind of belief that you always and that you almost certainly know that you can do it and you will make it i don't know i know back in the days i was a little bit shy always that that i was but also by practicing sports at a young age with swimming for example i wanted to be the i wanted to be the best i wanted to be ending first and if it yeah with bmx i was always in the top five of the netherlands with bmx yeah I think I, I had it in me somewhere, or maybe because I started with sports at an early age. But I guess my, my dad is also very competitive. My uncle, yeah, maybe, I don't know, maybe it's in the genes, maybe it's not. But I think I, I when I started doing competitions in BMX, in, in, in swimming, and later martial arts, I always wanted to become first place and, and, and do everything for that. And it, of course, it didn't always work, but I, I was really striving, really putting all my effort into it. Yeah, yeah. I don't know if I was born with it, but I, I I know that I think I believe that sports made it stronger. That belief, like I wanted to be number one. I believe I, I believe I can. Yeah, I, I believe that through mixed martial arts, I got a higher self self esteem and self confidence that I can do it because yeah, I, I'm I'm looking around. Why why can they do it and why can't I? That's that's not something that I can I can. Yeah, that's not something I can deal with. I, if somebody else can do it, I can do it. Why not? You know, and people can tell me a hundred times you can't do it, then it even gives me more motivation to show them that I can. You know. Yeah. Well, I'm sure that brought you the success it, it ultimately gave you. I agree. By the way, if if somebody says something cannot be done or is it's hard to achieve, and I'm like, that just sounds like a problem to solve, not something. It feels like people are hitting a wall, but I can. Just look at it and think, okay, that wall can be dis- de- deconstructed as well, or yeah. it can be taken down by force if necessary. Yeah, or you can jump over, you can dig a hole, or you can walk around. There's like so many ways, you know? Exactly. Uh, yeah. But the drive has to be there first, right? Yeah. yeah. The drive and the belief to, that yeah. you want to go from A to B, uh, even if there's a, a wall between. Yeah. I those. believe the mindset is most important. Okay, you can do it. Exactly. Yeah. And then, like, the, what's what's the name of the the cartoon character who said, "I never did it, so I believe I can." Pippi Langkaus, yeah, Pippi Langkaus, exactly. <laughs> <Yeah>, classic. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. I never yeah. did it, so I believe I can. Yeah, and, and exactly, why not? I mean, yeah. there are rare. It's it's. I think it's a rare thing that things cannot be taken care of either by yourself or with the help of others. But when you say, "I always want to be the best," are there also? I, I can imagine there's a a downside is in that as well. Does it hold you back or does it backfire you when you have that mentality at some points? I mean, there, can, there cannot only be upsides on <laughs> having that mentality, I can imagine. Yeah, but I'm I'm not getting this discouraged if I cannot be the best because you cannot be the best, but the drive is still there, you know? If I can't be the best, I'm looking at the people who are the best and try to copy them. Okay, what what are they doing? Why are they the best? And then there's also a thing like, uh, of course, I'm 48 now. You know, I can't be 
can be playing in the MLB, for example, anymore. You know, I cannot do that. I can't be fighting in the UFC anymore. You have to be realistic, but still, you can still push yourself to become a better person. And it's it's like I understand what you're saying. So it's more like the GSP way, like strive for perfection. Although we know we never reach perfection, but that's okay. It's okay, you know. Just 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 put everything you have in it, and for a certain period of time, consistency, dedication and open mindset to be able to learn new things and yeah i think you, there, there's a there's a way you can improve yourself because at the end of the day that's what it's all about right yeah uh, for yeah. me there's no really a downside i mean like of course i get sometimes annoyed irritated if things don't work but then i calm myself down and then okay relax now and we have to stay focused relax control yourself and 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 then find other ways or or focus more and, and get better results. So, yeah. Okay. So there, at the end of the day, there's balance. Yeah, 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 yeah. <laughs> Sounds good. And when you perform at such a level, I can imagine you not only have to take care of yourself physically, but also mentally. I mean, did you have also dark times when performing on that kind of level i mean look at kamaro Usman. he got knocked out by leon edwards and they they said i i believe it's could be a man rarely recovers mentally from a knockout like that how do you recover from knockouts i mean metaphorically speaking like i said i got i got a fracture in my eye i looked at it and i i didn't look back with it I didn't look back at it with emotion. I just looked at it like very data driven, you know, like, okay, what happened? What went wrong? How can it be? You know, how can I fix it? Don't get emotionally too much involved. And it can be hard, but also, for example, when I stopped fighting, that was one of, that was even, I think that was the hardest time for me when I stopped fighting. And it was because I had this, because of this, this fracture I had earlier, twice after that, I got a detached retina. So that was really, okay, if that happens one more time, the doctor said, okay, if you get punched anywhere on your head because of the, the, the impact it has, you might lose your eye. And then I was thinking to myself, okay, is that worth it? You know, I also had a little bit an injury on my knee and my lower back, but the eye thing, I was like, okay, if I'm going to lose my eye, that I don't want, you know? So I decided to stop fighting and that was a, dark period for me and the dark period lasted it lasted one week yeah <laughs> i was really kind of depressed didn't want to go out of the bed it's like ah but then i was like okay now you got a man up go out there and uh, there's other ways you can can excel and then i start focusing on training of course when you're a trainer and a coach and your student wins and becomes world champion it gives you that adrenaline rush but not as big as you were fighting yourself so it's different, but still there's a goal. There's other things you can do. That really helped me. And I believe that eventually I became a better trainer than I, I was as a fighter because as a fighter, I had to look here, look there, and then put everything together and had nobody to push me. I had to push myself, but it also built me as a character. Later as a trainer, I think I, yeah, I, I did, I did pretty well, I made a few world champions and I, I, I did my stuff throughout the years. So yeah there's always something else so in in my case after fighting i could focus on training people coaching people managing but also setting up glory or like the the, the events this is one thing but after after personal 
defeats, I was more like, okay, how can we fix it? And 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 I'm, I never looked at it emotionally. I looked at it like very data driven. Okay, how can we, how can we fix it? How can it be better? How how can we prevent it from happening again? And 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 yeah, how can I grow as a as, as a fighter as a person? Yeah, that's that's what I and 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 you know sometimes you know okay I have to work on my mental state. I was mentally not prepared for this fight. Oh, I wasn't. I was fighting not to lose, but I did. I wasn't fighting to win. You know, there's also a lot. That, that, that's a difference, and you know it by yourself, and you, you you need to work on it. You know, I can imagine indeed. And when you you said I have to man up, I think that's also. A, a big thing in in sport in combat sports. I follow you on Instagram as well, of course, and so I know you have a, an opinion on stuff. How do you think manning up is handled in this day and age? Yeah, do you understand what I'm trying to ask? No, elaborate a little bit more, please. Well, I think we share some opinions about how things are taken care of, but about powers that be nowadays and i think that it would benefit if men boys at younger age started doing combat sports at an earlier age Uh, do you do you agree on that yeah for sure i think it's very very important for kids to do martial arts or any kind of sports for that matter but martial arts especially because it it builds you as a character like i said you know you have to deal with losses like there's a lot of spoiled kids right now, and if they don't get their way, they're getting annoyed. They started crying. They started to be like crybabies, you know. But just man up, you know. Like, like be be like. How can I say? Like the respect, the hierarchy, the selflessness, the the building of character. Know your responsibilities. Live by that. Try to be good for others. You know, help each other. Although martial arts is a, is a, is an individual sport, but still you're there as a team. If you just go into the gym just by yourself the whole day, you will never become a UFC world champion if you're there just by yourself, you know? So it's a team effort. You have to help people so they will offer you their help as well. So it's that dynamic, you know, which, yeah, it's like some, 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 there's like some very strong principles behind this, this martial arts and get you, it gives you confidence. It gives you the character to deal with stuff and yeah. Yeah, I, I agree. Yeah, yeah, and, and what I find interesting also is, I mean, I want to emphasize, I only did one one year, <laughs> but I trained four times a week, so I mm. think I, I I got a taste of it. I definitely want to. I trained at Vincent's at your place actually a couple of years ago one one day, okay. but in training, in sparring, I find it so interesting that you have to be so assertive that you can take a step back to see what your sparring partner is doing, but you also definitely have to pick your moments where you have to fight forward. And I think that's, I love that so much because you have to do that in fighting, but you have to do that in in life. And yeah, I think I've emphasized why I love (laughs) combat sports, not by now, but yeah. yeah. No, but that's a very strong point. Like you say, like even in like in, in, in sports, in, in fighting sports, you have to have like a big oversight. And that's what you have in business or in life as well. You have to see the big picture, you know? And then sometimes you have to know, like you say, when to step back, when to move to the side, when to block, when to go in defense. And then find the right way, find the right moment and the opening to attack and to go in full offense. And if you go in offense, you just go full, you know? You, you have to go with complete dedication and conviction 
And but that's also a life or a business, you know. See what's going, what, see what's happening around you. Know when to step back and know when to go full force ahead. You know, yeah, that that's something. Yeah, and and the stress level that comes with it, because like you say in in business, when you make a make a mistake, okay, okay, that can hurt sometimes, like financially most of the time, or you know, you're not doing something the right way. You have to work harder to make it up. But in martial arts, if you if you make the wrong move. Yeah, like you say, you get punched in the face or you can get taken down, face bashed in, arm bar, you know. So you have to be fully convicted when you move in and, and go in with, with everything you have when you when you go on the offense. But then always at the same time, look at different scenarios that what I mean is when you go in, there's also a few ways how people can react. So, for example, if you go in with punches, people can either block, can move to the side, can try and take you down. There's a lot of things you have to think about, you know. So you have to always be open for different scenarios. So what I mean is if you go in full force, don't go in blindly. Just go in with conviction, but know that the landscape can always change in business and life. And that's what you have to anticipate on. And, and I believe that is something I really learned from martial arts. I always give the example in in MMA. The basic is you start sta standing up, you're trying to get some punches or kicks in, then you're taking somebody down, you're inside the guard. Okay, now I'm going to pass the guard. How can I pass the guard? I can go around and I can go in between it. I can go to the left, I can to go to the right. If I'm on the side, okay, I can control him. If he moves this way, I have this finishing technique. If I attack that way, it's going to defend this way, this way, or this way. And he events this way, I have this counter move. If it's this, this, this way, I have these three counter moves, you know? So there's a lot of thinking, but still it's one flow, you know? It's a perfect flow, but you, and you're going in with full conviction, but there's always, it's flexible. It's always changing, but as long as you're in the flow, it is a, it's, a, it's a perfect journey. Yeah, the flowing part, like Bruce Lee said, you have to be like water. You have to adapt to every m new moment in time. Mm -hmm. um, that can be very philosophical, but very practical as well. Yeah, um, sure. yeah I, I definitely like that about, about the sports and in life. And that's why it translates so well, in my opinion. Going back to your the start of your coaching career, how was it for you to make the transition from being the man in the spotlight to the man behind the scenes? And the reason I started training is because I didn't have any sparring partners, a t a teaching or because I didn't have any sparring partners to train with. And I wanted to, if you're teaching yourself, then you have to know the ins and outs of every technique you're teaching because there's people sitting around you and asking, okay, why are you doing this? Okay, why is that? And then you need to give like a good answer. So because of teaching, I became more technical as well because I had to know exactly how the technique worked, what the philosophy behind behind it was and i have to I have to be able to give them proper answers so i started teaching at an early age when i was still fighting so i and then when the fighters got better my students got better i was already a coach i was managing them was coaching them as well organizing events for them so it for me it was an easy transition because it was already there and i just moved i was doing like I was going in two or three ways, and then I just left one and went on with the other two. The only thing I missed was the adrenaline, of course. That's what I kind of missed, you know? Yeah, it's different. And, but then again, 
one week I was depressed, but after that I was like, okay, man up, you got to let it go now. <laughs> this is how it is. And me being depressed or sad doesn't change anything. Just go out there, do what you can do and do it to the best of your ability. So for me, besides that one week, of course you have some, sometimes you have regrets and you think about it. Okay. This was so much nicer, but then, yeah, it is how it is. It is how it is. A very pragmatic way of looking at life, yeah. maybe even stoic. Oh, yeah, yeah, but yeah. that gives me, that gives me the. That's why I'm. I don't have a lot of mental issues, maybe you know, because I don't stick with it. I just look at it in a pragmatic way. Okay, this is how it is. Okay, move on, because otherwise I'll just. I keep. There's a lot of people staying in their past, you know. Yeah, and 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 for them it's hard to escape. But yeah, that, that for for me. I don't think it's an option because it, all, it will only hold you back, I believe. I can imagine. I can imagine. Well, it obviously gave you a lot of success. So I think it's a good formula. Yeah. What I find interesting in what you were just saying is that I didn't have the training partners. So I started training. But what I find interesting in that is, again, it's some sort of assertiveness that, okay, it's not here. I have to do it myself. So. Yeah. Almost like a like a a fighter on the front foot, you know. Yeah. You're always yeah, you're always in fight mode in in a good way. Yeah. Is that something you recognize in yourself? Because it's something I hear in a lot of stories you you have been telling already. Yes, I believe I can relate to that. Yeah, if it's not there, you have to create it. Yeah, I don't believe in in impossibilities. I believe in possibilities. And like we just discussed, if there's a wall, there's a lot of things you can do. There's a wall, okay, what can I do? Should I stop now? No, I can jump over it. I can dig a hole under it. I can walk around it. I can take a plane and fly over it. There's like so many things I can do, you know? Yeah. Put it on fire, yeah. get a bulldozer, yeah. break it away. There's, there's things I we can do. So there's that's, yeah. it's not the end if there's a wall. Yeah, and I believe that this is something that helped me a lot, like thinking out of the box, and don't believe in impossibilities. Believe in possibilities. Uh, exactly. Exactly. And yeah, sorry. No, yeah. I, I, there's like, I have this, my own system called Tatsujin, Tatsujin MMA. And Tatsujin, I have three core things. So one is strength, one is focus, and the other one is positivity. And the strength is the mental strength you need to be competing in mixed martial arts, but also the physical strength, the mental strength and the physical strength. Both you need, you know? Then there's focus. There's focus like on, on in, in in the moment like i'm in a super focused mode but there's also a focus okay where do i want to be and how do i get there you know a long-term focus and on the other side there's positivity positivity for me is very important i always say there's no positive results with a negative mindset it's impossible so if you keep thinking negative no way on earth you will get a positive result it's impossible you cannot do it the one who thinks you can do it and the one who thinks you can do it they're both right if you think you can do it, you can do it. If you think you can do it, you can do it. So that's a whole mindset. And that's for me very important. So that's that's you know, the 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 philosophy, strength, focus, positivity. So there's if you see the logo, there's three three arms, three legs, and one is also striking ground takedowns and ground fighting. So that's that's the whole mix. But I believe like what we discussed, the positivity thing is really very, very, very real. Make people happy. Be in a positive flow the whole day. Believe you can do stuff and, and, and have positive thoughts in order to achieve positive results. 
That's a beautiful mindset, I believe. Is is are those three pillars that you just described? Is that also a criteria when you look for fighters? I mean, do you look for fighters or do the fighters approach you when you want to coach them? I don't look for fighters anymore. Actually, I never did. I believe that a student can find a trainer and I when they come to me I see how much they're dedicated because yeah, there's a lot of people training with me. The ones who are giving me 100%, I give back 120%. If you're doing it just because you like it and you're yeah, you just want to work out a little bit, that's fine. I give you I give you your share of attention. But the ones who are doing the extra steps, I help. I, I guide them even more. I help them even more. But the, the motivation has to come from the inside. I'm not looking for fighters because I could do. You know, there's a lot of people who came to me. Can you manage me? Can I train with you? I was like, yeah. If you want to train with me, you know where I am. Just get over here and train with me. Yeah. You know how many messages and DMs I get every day, like or every week at least. I want to train with you. I want to come and train. Yeah. Okay. Then come and train with me. You know. This is my address. These are the training times. Just come over and train. But I don't want to go chasing people. I'm not looking for fighters. Okay, can you come please and train with me? Because nine out of ten times, they're already training somewhere. They're probably happy. Because if they're not happy, they probably left. I'm not going to steal other people's fighters. That's not me. You know, I don't like it. If people want to come and train with me, come and train with me. I like to build something from nothing to something. With fighters, but also with businesses, with everything I do. You know, I want to create something from out, out of nothing. If there's other fighters who wanted to come and train with me, I give them... I don't do I don't do strict contracts as well. If you don't want to train with me, you don't want to train with me. You know, if you want to train with me, train with me. I'll give you something because I want to give you something and give you my knowledge and my time and my effort, not because I expect something in return. I did that before, and then some people left, and I got really disappointed. It hurt me. It really hurt me a lot. But now I just give something because I I give something, and I don't expect anything in return. That makes me a happier person. You know. I can imagine. Yeah, it's it's something, of course, there's still a business behind it, but I can imagine the, the core, it has to be something organically, right? Yeah. I can imagine. So are Maybe you not are... the smartest thing, but that's how, I, that's how I roll. You know, there's people with very strong contracts and they're making a lot of money, but for me, secondary. Yeah. Yeah, yeah well, I, I can imagine that also contributes to how the relationship with the fighter is but it, I, I can imagine that it is very specific the yeah. way you work yeah. do you still tra- i mean i mean you have multiple gyms could you explain where are where are the, I, i've been at david there and i've been at amsterdam oost as well at raffles raffles his place yeah. uh, where he trains but you have more gyms right yeah so they own the gyms themselves, but it's under the Tatsujin brand. So there's like a Davita where it all started, where I'm still training myself every week. We have Amsterdam with Rafus, which is who is one of my first students and one of my best friends. Very qualified teacher, very beautiful gym as well. Then we have Tatsujin players there. He's also one of the first guys and he has a beautiful, beautiful place with with really nice and nice guys and good fighters as well. And then we have Patrick Pape in Goor which also has the Tatsujin brand, beautiful gym, new build, also a lot of kids. He likes to work with kids and give them a positive, to build also a, a, a positive touch, like build a character, like like we just discussed, you know, he's really into that and he's doing really well, has some nice fighters as well. And back, back in the days, I had my gym in Indonesia, in Jakarta, but I just stopped with that right before COVID. So that's, that was a good, 
good timing yeah <laughs> <laughs> so, but uh, it's uh those gyms currently running in uh, in the netherlands yeah interesting yeah i can imagine it's it's, it's a hassle to to have another gym at an, a whole different continent right yeah to manage yeah, that. The corner. no <laughs> yeah no it's not and in when it comes to coaching in in football some coaches are criticized because they have a very specific system rather than they are adapting to the one they are training what is your philosophy on that do you, yeah. do you understand my question yes and i believe in soccer I don't, i don't know about soccer training but i believe that could be a little bit more difficult because they're dealing with 11 players on the field and there's even more alpha men in the team mm-hmm. so it can be very difficult and if that person wants to have a specific treatment then the other also wants it you know and then it's getting it becomes a mess so i'm not sure i'm not skilled at all in, in in soccer training and i don't know the dynamics but i i believe yeah that's different than mixed martial arts in mixed martial arts and I really believe in the personalized training. I learned that also from one of my first coaches, Jan Lomel, Muay Thai specialist and trainer. And he's coaching people to their ability. So make the strong points stronger and the weak points also a little bit stronger, but focus on the strong points. I, I, I do this up till today. So at different fighters, if you look at, for example, now look at my three world champions or, or, or now also Martin Pagnio, there's Alistair. Fights completely different than Marluz or Sierra Bardazada or now Marci Pagnio. Completely different guys. Fight completely different. So, for example, now I have Marci Pagnio. He's in the UFC. Won three out of his last four. Last four. Beginning, he was struggling a little bit. But in, in one championship, he was undefeated as well. He's a pretty good fighter. But he, his basics is from Kyokushinkai Karate. So his kicks are really good, you know. He's a strong kicks. He's a two-times champion in Polish Kyokushinkai. Full contact. His second place, the Europeans, best 16 in the world. He had like 450 Kyokushinkai fights or something when he was a, from a very early age. He's been training with me for 10 years now, but his kicks and his movements are different than somebody else. But his kicks are very strong. So, okay, we focus on his kicks. But it doesn't mean he can wrestle, he can ground fight. He did the, uh, the Dutch championship in grappling and he also became first place, you know. That was a while ago, but I... I, I, I Of course, he needs to learn the whole package. But in a fight, we focus on his strong points. Last time he was fighting William Knight, and he got the record of number of low kicks in, in the UFC fight, a three-round fight. I think he gave the guys 63 low kicks. Jeez. So, yeah. And those low kicks are hard. The guy couldn't walk for a couple of weeks. Poor guy. <laughs> yeah. So I definitely believe in that. That's, for me, one of the most important things. Like, okay, this guy's Vincent Latour, for example. Completely different fighter than Martin, but he was... Very strong in guillotines, got a lot of guillotine submissions, strong hands, kicks, okay, not so much, you know. So, yeah, on the ground, some people I had, Malouz was very skilled in arm bars, Vincent was skilled in ground and pound. Martin is better in position. Alistair was good in guillotines. So, we, we, yeah, everybody has his own thing and we, yeah, we focus on where the fighter is good at. And, of course, there's like a basic training, but once we go towards a specific fight and a specific opponent... Yeah, you emphasize on the on the strong points of your fighter, of course. And during trainings and sparrings, of course, you always you also coach them on the strong points. Yeah. Yes, of course. So yeah, personalized think... training for me, big yes. <laughs> I can imagine. And I think that's also very powerful because, of course, like you said, you, you have to know your less strong points, but the focus always lays on what you can do, what mm-hmm. you what you what you're good at and i think that's a very 
nice way to look at at it because that's more focused, more growth focused when you focus on what you can do, what you're good at and how can we move forward. So yeah, I think that's a, that's a beautiful approach. What is the big, biggest difference when you, I mean, you have fought self, you have trained Alistair Overeem, Marlos Kusasi, you name it. He trained with me a couple of times and now my... Oh. My my fighter Martin, he trains with him. So we go with him to Musashi. I ah. go with him to there, and we train together. Stefan Stuba I never trained with, so ah. he's always with Bob Schreiber. But yeah, but Bahadizada is three times world champion in Shuto, and he was also a UFC fighter. I trained him from an early age, fifteen when he was fifteen. Or lose when he, he was fifteen. Austin since he was seventeen, you know. So uh, yeah, wow. and, and, yeah, some of those guys, yeah. And, and what changed in your approach when you compare it to when you just started to this moment when you have obviously the most experience of your life right now? What is the difference in your approach? Mm, good question. Of course, you you always grow. You learn from every from every fight, from every year of experience. Of course, my I'm, I'm I believe that I'm very strong in recognizing what works and doesn't work in a real fight. Nowadays, you see a lot of funny. I, I think them. I think they're funny, funny techniques, funny, especially in Brazilian Jiu-Jitsu. See a lot of rolling and moving and things that are not necessarily super effective, you know, but looks good on camera. I think I'm. For example, if you want to. Yeah, you see those. I know double saltos, rolling, armbar, ankle locks. <laughs> you know <laughs> what I mean? So there's like there's a lot of those stuff and a lot of moving, which looks really good. But then, if you look at if you look at it like with a data-driven perspective, where do people win fights on? If you look at the UFC, where do they win fights on? They win either by knockout, they win either by a choke, either a guillotine or a, or a rear naked choke, or an armbar, sometimes a leg lock, you know? And from which positions? Nine out of 10 times from basic positions. Takedowns, secure position, go for submission, basic submission, you know? Not the, the nice rolling, circling, salto ones, you know? So that you... There's a, there's a process, for example, it started with Brazilian Jiu-Jitsu, of course, and the UFC one, Hoist Gracie, who, by the way, opened my gym in Indonesia. He oh, came really? to Indonesia and opened my gym. It was very really cool. Very cool wow. guy. It started with Brazilian Jiu-Jitsu, a lot of ground fighting. Then the wrestlers came in, the Dan Severance and those guys. They dominated. Then the the, the strikers came in, like Krokop, Vendelay Silva, those guys. And, of course, here in, in, in Holland, Alistair Overeem as well. But I don't, I don't think Alistair is just pure striker. He's good in striking, but his, his grappling is also really good. And yeah, he's been training with me. He, he was training with me for, I think, 13 years or something. And he became the European champion in ADCC. He, uh, he submitted a lot of guys, you know, and he has decent grappling skills. So I see him more as an all-round fighter. But yeah, you see there's evolution in mixed martial arts. It's not only... And you have to adapt to that. So not only me as a trainer, I believe, but I also had to recognize the way it was going from ground fighting to wrestling to striking. From striking, all of a sudden, strength and conditioning became really important. Then everybody was high level strength conditioning. Nutrition became very important. So you had to find the right people there because I'm not a nutrition specialist, but I know the nutrition specialist. So I have to bring the right fighters to the right place. Then nowadays you see a lot of Getting up from the ground, you know, you see the striking, end up on the ground and standing up. So that's a whole new level. So adjusting yourself to what is happening and also at the same time, see the evolution of the sport. But at the same time, look at your fighter qualities 
and enforce that on the opponent he or she is fighting at that moment. So what that means is, I believe I can analyze fighting and fighters pretty well. And, and, and more and more, because I have more hours into it. If I analyze fighters before a fight, I can make a strong game plan, but not too focused. Because you hear a lot of people talking about game plan, game plan, especially a few years ago was like a trending word. But then if something changed in a fight, can be anything, then the whole game plan is out of the window. I'll give you one example. One of my fighters, Vincent Latou, has to fight a guy in Indonesia. They prepared on everything. How he was fighting, how he was moving, how, he, how his stance were. So I told Vincent, okay, let's fuck with his mind a little bit. We start, we go to the middle of the cage. You stand with your left leg in front, orthodox stance. You shake his hand, go back to your cage. You start with your left foot in front, orthodox stance. And the moment he gets close, you switch to southpaw. Because I know, because I was, I'm always training my guys, Orthodox and Southpaw, both. He switched to Southpaw, and the guy was really like, he's like blocked, you know? And uh, eventually, Vincent won that fight in the, in the first round very quickly. And later, they, they, they admitted that they really had to change their game plan or their whole mental state because he was standing with his right foot in front in the, in the Southpaw stance instead of Orthodox stance. So, in my training approach, I always give them the tools to handle every situation. But then again, I analyze the fighter and I know certain traits or certain things he always does. He or she always does. And they're trying to find a weakness. You know, I try to find a way how to go around it and, and, and use that to our advantage. So maybe that's the analyzing part is, is the one I really evolved in as a uh, if you look at back then and, and now. Yes. So, well, that's a very strong quality, I guess, because when I hear you say, uh, what I hear you say is that, of course, you analyze, but you also stick to the basics and yeah. those do not really change. Like you mm -hmm. said, striking, ground game, and another one. <laughs> I, yeah, I forget. Like yeah. If you stick to those basics and you still are able to adapt in the moment, it doesn't really matter which fighter you're encountering. I believe that's what Conor McGregor said. I'm not sure if you're a fan of McGregor. I was in the beginning. When I uh, watched him fighting, fighting it, it, he looked very fluid. Like yeah. it, it didn't really matter who he encountered or what he encountered. If, if, if the guy came punching or whatever, he was able to move his way around it. And that's what I appreciated about his fighting style back then. <laughs> yeah, yeah, sure. What are your goals with Martin? Yeah, he's he's doing well. Hopefully he can fight before summer again. Mm -hmm. uh, he still has the desire to become like a champion. I believe we can put him in the top 10 pretty soon. Mm -hmm. uh, like I said, he had a rough start, but he's mentally in a different place now. He's getting older, more mature. He knows how to canalize his, his aggressiveness. So, yeah, he's, he's, uh, he's doing very well. Do a lot of breathing exercises, the Wim Hof method combined with some Hicks on Gracie kind of breathing and stuff. So it gives him a more calmness, relaxed relax approach during the fight. He's amazing physical shape. He's learning every day. He's getting better every day. So, yeah, we're, our goal is to get him in the top 10 first and then hopefully in the, in the future get a championship belt. Sounds good. Sounds good. Yeah, I, I saw his record and I saw indeed <laughs> that he was accelerating 
in his results. The last yeah. few results were quite impressive. Of course, we have talked about about fighting, about your own fighting career, your coaching career, but you're also an entrepreneur. Mm -hmm. When was the moment that you realized that you wanted to do more in business? Also, that went pretty organically because I was working back in the days. That's funny. Like you, like a week ago, last Friday, we had a reunion of the of the SNS bank. I used to work, you know. So I was working at the SNS bank. I was working at Unifave. I was I was working at a marketing company. But then when I was twenty six years, no, I think I started with organizing events because in nineteen ninety nine, I guess it was, or nineteen ninety eight. I already organized the first, one of the first, for sure, the first martial arts, mixed martial arts event in the east of Holland, in Deventer, where we had free fight back then with open hand, open hand slaps, karate competition, Brazilian jiu-jitsu competition, Thai competition, so it was a mixed event. I did it with my karate teacher, Pierre Drachman. Then I started doing smaller shows like the... I think I started with the Shuto shows because Shuto, when I was fighting in Shuto in Japan, they asked me, don't you want to be a representative for us in, in, in the Netherlands? I said, yeah, sure. It's a big honor. I would love it, you know? So I started doing small amateur shows. Later, I became the representative of Europe and we started doing events all over Europe. Scandinavia a lot, Belgium a lot, Germany a lot, Spain, Italy, Bal Baltic states, Poland. You know, we're in different areas and then and in Holland as well. And in the beginning, in glory, we had shooto fights as well. So I, I was always doing the, those organizing of events really, yeah, triggered my entrepreneurship probably. In the beginning of glory, we did nice deals with TV, with big sponsorship, uh, sponsors. So that I kind of like that, you know, that I'm, I'm, a, I'm a free person. I'm, I like to, I don't like to be working from nine to five in a company. That's not me, you know, it's, I'd rather build something for my own even if that means I make less money doing it because I want to be happy, you know, I want to, I want to be free and build something from, from nothing to something. Yeah. I believe that that kind of inspired me already to, to become an entrepreneur. And that was already at a very early age when I was in mid twenties, you know, and then I started doing the glory and then I started doing the gym in Indonesia. And then I started, you know, with, with the company called Fita right now, the, the fit tech company and, uh, yeah. With the last company, we took it to the next level because we have really strong, a str really strong team, and we're doing big deals worldwide. And also there, my network from martial arts helped me a lot. Easy for me to get like access to retailers or access to potential partners, or because of my martial arts background. Yeah, yeah, I can imagine. So you started with the events, the gyms, of course. Yeah. Could you, could you elaborate more on the businesses you're in right now? Yeah, so Fitar is a company that is motivating and stimulating people to work out. Not for professional fighters, not for the hardcore CrossFit guys, but for regular people who want to work. They know they have to work out and they want to work out, but sometimes it's a little bit difficult to drag yourself to the gym, et cetera, et cetera. So we have a home solution. It's called it's, it's a smart box, a small a small box that you can connect to your TV. Let me see. I have one here. This is the box. It's a small box with a 3D camera. Very small. As you can see, it's like a little bit bigger than my hand. You can uh, you can either put it like this below your TV or you can put it on top of your TV and, and, and uh, lock it there. What we do is we have a 3D camera there that recognizes your movements. And 
there we developed in-house some some games, some 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 extra games, how we like to call it, exercise games, where your body is the controller and you have to move through the game by 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 exercising. So for example, there's a game with a monster coming at monsters coming at you. You have to move from left to right, you have to do squats to kill the monsters, you have to jump or raise your knee to shoot bullets and kill the monsters, you know? And there's a game where we have a shadow boxing game where somebody's saying, okay, jab, straight, left hook, right uppercut, left knee, you know? So you have to you, you have to react on what the what the, the person in the in the on the screen is saying and this way the, to get we believe that by gamifying gamifying exercise or gamifying the whole experience people will come back faster and train longer so this is our goal to get as many people many people exercising and become healthy and, and and more vital so that's that's more or less the the thing we are doing and uh, yeah we're we're doing pretty well we're selling in the netherlands actually this is just a new product before we had smart mirrors big mirrors but we just started with that and then COVID hit. We had problems. Of course, we were targeting, we were targeting B2B, like hotels, corporates, and gyms. Now they were all closed. So there went our business model straight out the window. <laughs> and then we said, okay, we, start, we should start thinking about something for the people at home. So we, we made smaller mirrors to, for, for people at home. Did quite well in that, but then still it's like a logistic hassle, you know, to get those mirrors over to the people, do the installation, to store them, you know, there's like there's a lot of hassle. But and then we came up with the idea of just creating a smart box, like I just shown, a small thing. You can just put it in a box, go to Postanel or FedEx or to whatever shipping company and just ship it out and the next day you have it. It's a it's a cheaper version as well. And yeah, in this way we believe that we can really scale up and help people to become more fit and, and, and stimulate and motivate them to work out, you know, at least work a little bit on their on their fitness by in in a nice way, in a gamified fun way. We want to bring the element of fun back to to fitness or working out. It's, it sounds like a very accessible way to to, to work out. Yeah. And what I because I think that of course I had DVDs to work out at home before I went to the yeah. gym. It it is nice to have a direct interaction with with the workout i'm doing and yeah. also the playfulness sounds very good yeah so we have those games for example those extra games how i like mm -hmm. to call it but we also are work we're also working on on gamified fitness videos so like you said you had the dvds at home now you have youtube there's a lot of videos on youtube but we are putting our software layer on top of that so we get some interaction. So, for example, if you do this, if the personal trainer in the screen says, okay, Yorick, do some squats, let's do 10 squats, and you're doing the squats, then you see, like, like you see how your squat is performing. So, if you don't do it fully, it, the, 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 how do you call this? It doesn't fill up completely. Once you do the full squat, bloop, it hits and boom, it starts counting. So, and then if you're standing in front of the mirror, if you, if you put on YouTube on your TV, or in your laptop, just standing in front of it, and you don't feel like doing the workout or doing the squats, you're like, okay, I just do five, although he said 10. But now, when the trainer says 10, and you do it, you, you really see your squat doing, performing the right way, and you see the counting, the, 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 the counting on the screen, it gives you a little bit more motivation, and a little bit more, yeah, a little bit more motivation to continue and to perform the correct exercise. I can imagine. Yeah, the, the interaction seems very helpful, even when you uh, when you're at home. Yeah, uh, yeah. And of course, it is very important to exercise, and people are very busy. So, yeah. uh, when you can do it at home, I can imagine that that can work really well. 
Yeah, so that's especially what you are saying right now. We see that after COVID, a lot of people didn't go back to work, to the office. A lot of people are still at home. Let's say I see a lot of companies that are having their employees working at home three times a week, for example, to, twice at the office, three times a week, or sometimes even more at home. And they're behind the laptop all the time like this. So you have a lot of problems, high, high neck pain, low back pain. And then sometimes it's very good for them just to go out there, switch on the TV, switch on the smart box, do a 10-minute exercise, a fun exercise, a game, and they feel, they feel good again and ready to go. We saw that we did a research and it showed that the, the sickness leave went through the roof in the last couple of years, almost doubled from 3 4% to 6 7%. And also the engagement in between the colleagues, it was less because usually you used to see each other five times a week on the, in the office. And now most of the time you're at home. So the engagement is, 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 is gone between the colleagues. So with our solution, we have like, for example, if you're working at a big company or a big corporate, we can create your own environment with your own look and feel, with your own logo. There's like, you can compete against your own co colleagues. There's leaderboards. You can challenge each other. And yeah, this makes it more accessible and fun to work out. You know, you can challenge each other with a game. You can challenge each other for a, a workout video. You have the, the interaction in, in, in all, all exercises. So yeah, we believe that through, through companies, we can also make a difference for the employer for because because the sickness leave probably will will be reduced engagement will increase between the colleagues and so this is also the one of the areas we're focusing on b2b we call it b2b to c because through the uh, through the company we go to the to the end user and we're also focusing on retailers so we're doing quite some deals with retailers internationally in indonesia hong kong singapore france I'm talking to switzerland right now holland of course so uh, yeah 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 sounds very good the competitiveness and also keeping each other accountable when you're at work yeah. to stay in shape yeah. with your colleagues yeah i can imagine that can re work really good yeah. so when you are you're developing as an entrepreneur how does your fighting style translate to your business yeah my fighting style or my way of approaching fighting was always dedication never give up even if you get big struggle big 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 challenges ahead of you. Don't give up. Find a way. Be creative to jump over that wall or move around it. Get that wall out of the way. I always want to win. That's in fighting. In fighting with the business as well. If I there's a there's this a, they call it ABC. Always be closing. I always want to be closing. I always want to be winning. I want to do okay. If we go somewhere and for example, both parties want the same. Okay, let's go. You know, and then one way or the other, we're gonna we're going to be closing. We're going to be winning together. I believe that there's always fair play, fair play for me, very important, fair play, you know, transparency, fair play. Yeah, there's some some things I, my, my, my fighting style, yeah, like be, be out of the box, find ways to, to, even if there's like, a, like, for example, we had COVID, we had a really nice mirror, we launched it in the, in the conservatorium hotel in, in, in Amsterdam. Very nice, very nice mirror, smart mirror. We sold it to different companies like the Rich Hotel in, in, in France, for example, in Paris. But then COVID hit. So what are you going to do? You're going to sit at home and cry? Or what are we going to do? We're going to develop a new product, which we, we have to change the whole strategy. Like your game plan was this, but now, okay, COVID hit, everything closed. Okay, we move to home, you know? And from home, okay, now we see there's some some 
yeah, some some challenges there. Okay, why don't we make a takedown solution like the smart box, which make it more accessible, easier accessible and 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 better for people to to and easier for people to to purchase and, and scale up your business. So, yeah, have your game plan, but also see the bigger picture and be flexible enough to move around, but but then with full conviction. Sounds good and. What I also recognize again from your sto- stories earlier on, fighting on the front foot. <laughs> so yeah. always, you know, the opposite of defensive. Offensive. Yeah, yeah exactly. Offense. Yeah. 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 Offense is the better yeah. defense, right? Yeah. Yeah. So also this is like, a, it's a product that doesn't exist. Nowhere to be found in the world. We were one of the first with the smart mirrors. At the same time in America, there was also a company developing and they were developing very fast. Bought, got bought by Lululemon for 500 million. Very big company, Mirror. It was called Mirror, but they had a big they had a big investment group behind them. So they only mm-hmm. had an investment of seventy six million before they got purchased for five hundred million. So there's the, America, of course, is is the best the best region for fitness and technology. So they went very fast. But now we have some we have something new. We have the smart box. We believe we can con- can conquer the world. We're talking to American distributors as well. So yeah, we we're very I'm very bullish on this. Sounds good. Sounds good. Before we wrap this up, I want some UFC talk short. I believe it's UFC 287 coming up this weekend. Israel Adesanya versus Potan. What do you think? I think, yeah, I think Pereira got his number, you know. I'm not sure. I think Izzy is maybe the more complete fighter. Uh, Pereira is like really, he's a strong guy. He's a strong very dude. Strong. And, and he's tall, very good striking. And... He already won, was it two or three times? Two times, I think. Yeah, like two once. times in kickboxing, times one kickboxing, time in Yeah. So I just saw like an Instagram video of another fighter who was on a card. It's like, he's like the Michael Myers, you know, he's this boogeyman yeah. facing him, you know? <laughs> yeah. His face, so stoic. It's like, yeah. it's really scary. It's like everywhere he goes, he's in kickboxing, he's there. You know, he goes to MMA, he's there. This guy is chasing him and he can't, I mean, I think he's really in his hat. It depends. Like, I mean, maybe maybe Izzy is the better fighter, but yeah, the other guy got his number, you know? So I believe it's going to difficult fight can go either way, but after three losses and it's the improvement, because this Alex Pereira, he's like, he's becoming better and better on the ground as well, you know? And his takedown defense, his wrestling, his, and he's strong, you know? He's such a big, strong dude. I believe that guy keeps growing. And I don't know where Rasanya is at this at this stage you know if he can still if he can still conquer his demons in his head you know that that and 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 if he can look as pragmatic to his previous losses as he should and he's not emotionally involved yeah maybe he has a chance but i believe the prayer is the stronger guy the bigger guy the very confident and he has a knockout power you know yeah 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 definitely yeah i'm rooting a little bit more towards him although it could go either way you know but i i believe that Alex Pereira has his uh, has his number. Yeah, it's it's difficult because I watched the fight back because yeah, the fight's coming up, and then I noticed that he was dominating the fight. He was very technical. He was yeah. it was really really good that fight. Yeah. And then yeah. Pereira came in, yeah. <laughs> gone. Yeah. By the way, Pereira's been fighting with training with Juicy a lot. Juicy, the famous oh, really? kickboxer. Yeah, he's there now. He's there with them with him in in Vegas as well. He's been training the wow. last couple of weeks with him. So there's some Dutch involvement there. Nice. Well, that's always good to hear. Yeah, Pat also is training with uh, Chira, right? Chira, yeah. Yeah, Chira. Well, he has quite a team. Yeah. 
Are you more of a technical fan or a culture fan? Like I always look at the psychology and how is he's behaving in, in press conferences and or are you really looking at the fighter ground game? Techn- I mean, you're a coach, so I, I, are you really a fan or a fan of the sport? You can't separate it. So I'm not so emotional in that sense that, for example, we were talking about Conor McGregor before. I hate how he's behaving, but he's a good fighter. Well, yeah, his behavior sometimes affects his style, his, his, yeah. his technical ability, or his way. If he maybe if we would have been more focused and more like he hungry, like he was in the beginning, it would have been even on a higher level than he is today. But yeah, I can, I can, yeah. For me, is no emotions attached. Like I can, I can understand somebody who, like. Like for example, the the other fight against the, was it Islam versus Volkanovski? Yeah, I like Volkanovski better as a person and as a fighter, but Islam is a very technical, good fighter. You know, yeah, you cannot, you, you yeah, that's something you have to recognize. Yeah, and so yeah, for me, either way, you know, yeah, yeah maybe that fight technically, Islam obviously won, but yeah. culturally, yeah, I would have thought ah. Oh, Come on! How 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 somebody said it really nice. Makachev won the f- match, and but Volkanovski won the fight or something, you know? Something exactly, like exactly. Yeah, yeah. yeah. yeah that, so, so it was like, and he won the hearts of the people. Sometimes you have that. Yeah, definitely. Really, you, you fight a really good fight, you lose, but you win the hearts of the people, and that's also yeah, something. yeah, definitely. Yeah, to me, he's, for me at, at this moment, he's my number one fighter at this yeah. moment. So you have gyms. You have a great legacy, you have businesses, you have a good mindset. What does the future hold for me? I'm, I'm pushing myself to improve every day, whether it, whether it is in different areas. I'm, I'm looking at some real estate right now as well. I'd like to, that's something I really like. I'm looking at the small things, like I'm improving in my games. I'm improving in my Spanish lessons in the Duolingo. I'm <laughs> moving like... The, the the fighters, the, the Marcin Pachnio, I want to really push him to the next level. You know, he's he's been so loyal, he's been working so hard, sacrificed so much. You now he's really the he embodies martial arts, embodies Budo. Um, I really want him to succeed and in his dreams. That's something I really would like. Fitar, I want to push it to the next level. I'm a very busy man, you know, but I'm I'm, I'm Fitar, this 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 company of mine, and 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 and. And some of my partners, shareholders, I'm not the only owner, but we have some shareholders there, but really want to push that company to the next level and, and, and create a great success out of that. That One side financially, other side, but the financial is the reward for the hard work and the, and the, and the proof of the, of, 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 yeah, of, of, of the company or of the product, you know, something we built out of nothing. So that's what I'm, I'm, I'm doing now. Yeah. I mean, I just want to get better every day. I just want to, I just want to improve. I just want to grow i just want to keep moving on and, and going going hard going strong so yeah no areas in all areas that i'm moving in sounds good like a true martial artist what do you want to advise the next growing up i want to like i mentioned positivity very very strong point very i believe very 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 much in positivity like I mentioned before, no no positive results with a negative mindset. Stay positive. You have to, in order to succeed, in order to be successful, you have to do a lot of stuff, but also you have to sacrifice a lot of stuff. That means that's sometimes even harder. So when everybody was going out back, back in the days when I was fighting, I was at home, you know, when everybody was drinking alcohol and having fun with their friends and 
and everyone was partying. I was sometimes I went to the club, but I was drinking water. You know, you have to sacrifice a lot to be successful, and you have to have dedication, have to have discipline, have to have respect. You know, and and yeah, I, I believe that this is a continuous journey. Yeah, I, I believe that this is something they people should should focus on and, and not the fast, quick, materialistic things. That's that's not in that's not important. Just focus on on improving. Don't see your journey as a sprint, see it as a marathon. Do things that are right for you in the long term, not in the short term. And make wise decisions. It's not bad if you do things wrong or if you fail in one point of time, but make sure you learn learn from it and become better. So just keep growing, keep evolving. I think that's a beautiful message to wrap it up. Where can people find you and your company and your product? So of course I'm in I'm pretty much everywhere on social media. I'm in in, in Instagram, Martijn at Martijn underscore D E J. I'm in, I'm on Twitter, I'm on YouTube, I'm on TikTok, I'm on LinkedIn. Uh, you can find everything there. Fit we have a website, fitarsmartbox.fitar.eu, fitar.eu. Same thing, tatsujinmma.com. We have Instagram, we have websites. We, yeah, you can find us anywhere on the internet. Just type in my name in Google and you probably catch me somewhere. And by the way, if anybody has a question or wants to engage or you want to know more, just hit me up on, on Instagram or wherever, DM me, and I'm happy to write you back and help you with anything, if, with anything, if you need any help at all. Sounds great, Martijn. Thank you so much for sharing your knowledge, sharing your time. It was an honor to share the stage with a mixed martial arts legend. And I hope to see you in the future. Pleasure was all, man. Hope to see you soon as well. Thank you.